Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. We return to a galaxy far, far away and revisit Starvember Warsember with the new season of The Mandalorian on Normies Like Us. This is still the way. Show me the one safety deemed such destruction. You have something I want. If you put one mark on him, there's no place you will be able to hide from me. How many did you eat? expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers this is the way welcome back to normies like us you heard it up top we're making a special pit stop we're maybe doing a little sideline quest to a desert planet to talk once more about star wars in a star vember war sember one episode spinoff we're back with mandalorian season two only on normies like us with your hosts Dr. Manda Collin. It's uh, be Mike Isley. Uh, the Joe DeLorean. This is J. Cobb Vanth. Coming uh, at hey. you. <laughs> nice. Actually, my favorite character. All my Vanth. handsome cowboy friends here talking Mandalorian, the cowboy, the handsome cowboy show. Mm-hmm. You're all right, That's girl. right. Yeah, you know, uh, Man and Lawrence, we're going to be talking the first two episodes. That's what we both watched over this point, right, guys? Uh, off the top, how excited were you guys for the show to come back? It's been a while um, since we've had some new Star Wars stuff. So how are you guys feeling? Joe, let's start with you. Oh, I was super excited, man. This was... Um I, the last time The Mandalorian dropped, it was day one of Disney+. Plus. So the whole conspiracy or, or issue at the time was like, can you download the app yet? Can you can you download the app and is the Mandalorian on your app? Uh, and I got mine at like 8.45 p.m. last year. Uh, this year, I was 9, 9 p.m. We're on the West Coast sitting down ready. Uh, it wasn't there until midnight, stayed up until midnight to watch episode one. So I was Dang. super excited. It's back. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. Awesome. Awesome. Jacob, how about you? Yeah, I was super excited as well. You know, it's hard to believe, but, uh, you know, the Mandalorian is single-handedly saving Star Wars. Am I right? <laughs> it seems like that for sure. And it's uh, getting a lot of buzz again on social media. It's a lot of people like the show and it is back. Colin, how yeah. about you? How are you feeling? No, I'm not saltier than Crate Dragon, um, as, as we'll <laughs> see in the second episode. But, uh, yeah, I was excited. Is this Was November the debut of Disney Plus last year? We know Star Wars is a Christmas thing now, so this is the time we get it? Yeah, this was uh, pretty much a year apart, um, pretty close to the day. Yeah, yeah, like I said, late October. So, yeah, it was very close. And uh, I've been playing a lot of Star Wars Squadrons uh, lately for the past month. So I've been in a Star Wars mindset. So getting to get the Mandalorian back and a little bit of space chases and seeing some old X-Wings and stuff. It's been really good uh, to jump back into it for sure. I want an update from uh, Jacob. Did you ever fix your ability to play KOTOR? Oh, yeah, I was playing a little. I was playing a little KOTOR 2 recently, actually. That's that was really fun. Um you know, those I love those games. Uh and uh yeah, they're a lot of fun. Mandalore, King of the Mandalorians. Come on, a little cross. Yeah, that's there. right. All right, I'm I'm And I've been playing a little uh a little bit of squadrons as well sometimes with Mike, but um 
he's much more he's much better than I am at it. So I haven't played it as much because I just get frustrated. It's got a pretty you know it's got a learning curve to it. So you ha- definitely have to put in the practice to get good, as they say. I bought a flight stick and then had to relearn the same curve. So. Oh wow! Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. So you're a real yeah, pro but, now. But it's no, just like, like Luke, you gotta is. spend time on the simulators, right? Right. Yeah, I usually just put hit my them visor down. <laughs> yeah, I turn <laughs> off my, my targeting computer. Uh, I love Star course. Wars, guys. Uh, I'm glad it's back because safety, like Mandalorian and and um, Squadrons. So, you know, I wasn't in love with Rise of Star Wars. Go back and listen to last year's Star Vember Wars Sember, but. Having these properties back, you know, specifically the Mandalorian, like really captures that feeling and like gets me excited about the universe again. And, and that's why I'm just glad that it's here. And I'm glad to be back talking with you guys. Same. You know, like I said, I think Mandalorian, I think the two best Disney Star Wars things that they've done is the Mandalorian and The Last Jedi. And those are really only the, the two worthwhile things that Disney's done with Star Wars. In my Rogue opinion, One but- now. Rogue Solo? One was all right. Solo was all right. Like Solo, everything else yeah. was all right or bad, but those two things were good to me. That's basically yeah. how I feel about it. Well, I say uh, let's strap on those jetpacks, boys. Get our best cars locked and loaded. Let's get on into the episodes. Let's do it. Let's talk Mandalorian season two. You know, this is no place for a child. All right, folks, we're at a CD bar here in Most Pelgos, but if you're going to go any further with us on Normies Like Us talking Mandalorian Season 2, you got to know we're talking spoilers. We're going to talk Episode 1, we're going to talk Episode 2, so if you are not caught up, turn it off right now. But guys, we're going to talk the biggest thing of all, obviously, which is another Mandalorian is back. So first reactions to that, I just want right away. Um, to Timothy Oliphant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, or, yes. What are you talking about? I guess out the gate, yeah. I mean, the big, the big thing at the end of episode one, if we're going to jump over there real quick, is, oh, yeah, I mean, fet Boba man. Fett it, I mean, that's lives. the thing to write, Mike, the pilot we Timura. learned. There's a baby Yoda. Everyone went, oh, my God, what is this series going to be? And then in season two, you go, there's the return of the original Mandalorian. Where are we going to go from here? Yeah, and there was a lot of rumors, you know, oh, is that Boba Fett's, you know, spurs that we were hearing in, in season one? Things like that. And that kind of seems like maybe that was Cobb Vanth who ended up out in the desert um, in that episode. But that's even something that's still kind of up in the air. But we did get um, the same actor who played Django, you know, back because he was all the clones. And this is Boba now. Survived the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. No armor. And yeah, it's a pretty interesting twist to see where the series is going to go. But I also did just enjoy seeing Boba Fett's armor on a very, very tall man. Uh, that was <laughs> quite cool. So it what do we think uh, about uh it Cobb looked like Vanth, a yeah. like a Halloween costume, you know, and like <laughs> yeah. your mom insisted you wear a sweatshirt underneath, so he's got like a big red sweatshirt. <laughs> it's gonna be cold. No way, <laughs> yeah, Joe. Like, I've seen you wear so many red bandanas. You get a red scarf. You get a white beard, dude. You are fucking handsome cowboy actor, my friend. Oh, I'll take it. You can just leave it at handsome cowboy actor. I, that was that's so nice of you. But yeah, man, the the Fet Man's back. I'm super excited. It was great to see him, and I think they did a really great job of like. Obviously, certain casting rumors are gonna get out, right? And this was they didn't bury the lead 
they were like, yeah, Boba Fett's going to be in here at some point, but we'll get back to it. It's not like Baby Yoda where it was like, yep, and this is the crux of the entire show. It was just like planting a nice little seed of mystery. And what I love most about The Mandalorian, a random adventure. So I, I was super happy with episode one. Yeah, for me, I'm like real dumb. So I didn't even, basically, I didn't even realize that was Boba Fett when I watched it. Um, Because I was kind of only like, I guess I wasn't paying full attention at the end of the episode, but it's just like, it cuts to some some old guy. And I was like, okay, whatever. Episode ended. And then I was talking to ex Kaita, friend of the show, the other day. And we were talking mm-hmm. about the episode. And he was like, yo, what did you think of Boba Fett? And I was like, what do you mean, Boba Fett? And he's like, yeah, you know, at the end. And I was like, Oh, and then I just finally put it together. That was like his armor and stuff. So, you know, like I said, I'm real Wait, dumb. Whose but... armor did you think it was then? <laughs> I just thought it was like some random Mandalorian armor. I didn't put, but I it didn't had put it together. The, thing, the antenna it's thing. It's got the same color. He does the jet. Yeah, but they all kind of look the same, don't they? Oh, all the that armors. Seems Mandalorian racist. <laughs> no, all the armors, I mean. But no, I'm just. Once I realized that, it all made sense. And then I was like, oh, so he bought it from those Jawas who scavenged Mm -hmm. it from the Sarlacc pit or whatever, (laughs) salvaged the armor. This is literally like, yeah, "Yeah, I didn't understand what I was watching at all, but I loved it. You know what I'm thinking? You guys know what I'm thinking in Return of the Jedi? I'm thinking Darth Vader (laughs) might be Luke's dad. (laughs) No, but okay, but that was only. Yo, did you guys realize the prequels? Anakin is the Anakin from the original movies. He's Darth Vader. No, I get it. No, I understand yeah. now, but it was just like when I was watching, I was super psyched about everything that was going on in the episode. I thought it was a very exciting episode, but then at the end, I kind of was checked out and I was like, oh, some old guy, I guess we'll find out who that is later. Because you didn't really get a good shot of him. As, like, you just got him kind of a little shadowy. Back, he just turns the camera. I was like, yeah. he's, up. he's got but, no hair or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, "Who's this guy?" But I didn't really think about it too much, and then, t- and then it blew my mind when I figured it out. So I totally understand everything that's going on now, and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy to know it. <laughs> it didn't hit you, party. actor Tamura Morrison, returning. Um, Jacob, we might be the only two who didn't watch Clone Wars, so people might recognize him more for playing Rex, right? I watched some of Clone Wars. You mean there's? Yeah, I mean I watch all that stuff and i think dave filoni's treatment of the boba fett character has actually been really interesting because there's episodes when you know because he's a kid after uh, mace windu kills Django, and he like wants to get revenge on mace windu so he sneaks into the clone facility and pretends to be a regular recruit right. to gain I access have to episode. the jedi yeah I've, you know what i mean but here's so my thing that's really, an episode of that yeah. wow yeah and like, that yeah, actually really clever stuff so that ties back to something that I hope we see in this series because what the Mandalorian season two really seems to be above anything is blending everything that they have told us is canon but has never appeared live action with uh, the live mm-hmm. action versions. So there's a bounty right. hunter who is in like the background of the episode one pod race and then she's in uh, Clone Wars and she's kind of like, Boba's mentor who takes her him under her mm-hmm. wing. Um, I hope we see her as well. So mm, I just wow. think it's exciting, like all of the places Star Wars could go, whether you were a fan of the original series, the prequels, or some of the like other shows and media, this kind of ties it all together. It's the best of all Star Wars worlds. It's a it's a glue kind of series, yeah. But here's my question, right? So if that is Boba Fett, 
And you say, but he's not a real Mandalorian, really. He was just, because um, Jango Fett's not a real Mandalorian, as we see in the prequels. He just kind of got their armor. I forget how, but... Somehow. Yeah, yeah we so, don't know how. But maybe that's something we'll learn through oh. flashbacks. He could play Jango. You know what I mean? Yeah. So who knows? But the the idea of those stories being told and the fact that Dave Filoni and his team have already told very successful Boba Fett and Mandalorian stories, you know, with, right. like the Siege of Mandalore and Darth Maul. Like, well, and that's like my said, other. All these sources are coming together. Yeah. yeah. No, I trust what Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau are doing. But also Dave Filoni, you know, he oversaw the Clone Wars, which had a totally different kind of treatment of the Mandalorians where they don't always wear their armor and stuff. So I've always kind of been confused by that. But I guess that's just a different sect of the Mandalorians. So because mm-hmm. um, there's the whole thing with Obi-Wan and the Mandalorian Queen and everything. So in the Clone Death Wars. Watch, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The loyalists versus Death Watch versus, you know, the the new generation. Because like, you got to think he's following Darth like, Maul usurping. Um, yeah, he's following like the founders religion because technically like the Mandalorian isn't a real Mandalorian either. He's rescued and raised by Mandalorians. Mm. And what we find True. is it's less Founding. of a less of a race and more of a creed, right? Yeah, yeah. Before we get too off track, Mike, I want your boba thoughts. My boba thoughts are I don't like tapioca in my drinks. <laughs> I want to drink something and not eat something. Spill that boba tea, Mike. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I, boba thoughts in this episode or in general, I mean, he's a cool character. He didn't do shit in the originals, but I always thought he was cool. And he's always had that mystique. And they've been like, oh, what if he survived the Sarlacc pit? Finally, it's canon. There's been a lot of things that have been true. Like we know Darth Maul survived because yeah. of that stuff. But we never got it confirmed that Boba Fett survived until now. And that right. is what's going to be interesting. And I want to touch on that idea of the Mandalorian being a creed more than anything else later as we get into kind of the, the plot of the episode. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited that he's back. But what do you think George would think about it? Ooh, that's a I great think question. Like poetry, they rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would think, how many toys are we going to sell yeah. of the new Boba yeah, Fett? And the answer is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I guess is I don't yeah, I don't know if this is a complaint or not or maybe it's just something I'm I'm catching on to now but is it just me or so far have they done everything they can to put baby Yoda in the cutest fucking positions possible like oh, he's sure. always like fucking it's peeking his bullshit. head out of something or <laughs> like making a cute face yeah. and I feel like they were just like oh people love this cuz it's adorable we're going to double down on the adorableness it's like watching like you know, sometimes like a dog has an Instagram. That's how I feel with Baby Yoda sometimes, where it's just like, <laughs> where are all the fan cams at? Because I'm sure they're coming. Definitely, like in right, the first right. one, he's not a huge part of the plot, right? So they do have to have their certain cute Baby Yoda scenes where he's in that little pot or whatever. And then I did like in the second episode, the the running bit he has where he keeps trying to eat the eggs. I thought that was very funny. How dare you? That's eat genocide. Which, which I think, yeah. <laughs> it's very I dark. Yes. Cute. I think yeah. that's where we turn the corner. Right. So I, think I was we'll, losing we'll it. There. I'm with you there, but let's start then with episode one, a.k.a. Tremors. Um, which is another um, <laughs> modern Western that I love. Yes, that's <laughs> right. But yeah, you got um, Mandalorian comes into town. He stumbles across the guy in Mandalorian armor, right? Or Overarching plot to... of last season, cowboy on the run. Mm-hmm. We know that he was tasked because of the armor with seeking out his people. So kind of what Mike was saying. Is he trying to find natural Mandalorians? Is he trying to find people who practice the religion like himself? 
we fucking get back to Tatooine because it's a goddamn Star Wars movie. So what are we gonna do? Mm. Other than everything be on happens Tatooine? on Tatooine, apparently. <laughs> it's a hopping place. Um, also, um, is it just me, or did this perfectly lay the groundwork for when we eventually get the Obi Wan series of like? Hey, you've only ever seen Moss Eisley. Here is the rest of the geography for this place and the people and how they all interact. And also there's like this mining company that we'll probably get back to because I'm sure there'll be villains. I think it was a really like almost like a backdoor pilot for Tatooine to kind of lay those bones. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, even though it doesn't really make sense that he would, you know, everything would be happening and he keeps going back to Tatooine if it's supposed to be like this outer rim planet where there's not much going on there. Uh, and there's, you know, millions of planets. But otherwise, I do think it's really cool how they're, the Mandalorian in general is expanding, you know, just the world building of Tatooine and, like you said, perfectly laying the groundwork for the Obi-Wan series. Well, Aunt Beirut and Uncle Owen could have been eaten by a crate dragon at any point, Jacob. <laughs> that's that's kind of yeah. scary. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, true. So crate dragons <laughs> are, are canon alive in live action now. The first time we see a crate dragon in Star Wars, uh, are, there's a skeleton in the desert in A New Hope. Uh, people were immediately like, that's a crate dragon. Here is the background of this mythical beast, including the fact that it has a pearl and Tusken Raiders believe that their bones have magical properties. Oh. Flash forward 50 years and here we are actually seeing one live action. I mean, they're even featured in like different video games over the years. So it's just so cool to see it right. tied in. Like if you grew up a Star Wars nerd, now you know what a what a crate dragon looks like when it's alive. Yeah, it was yeah. very cool. And the whole like, sorry, yeah, the idea of oh, the sarlacc pit's never empty unless something eats the sarlacc, right? You know, that's uh, we don't even know what that's a, a good way to set it up. How big a sarlacc really is because we only see its mouth. So, um, you know, that's very interesting. But what I really liked about this episode was obviously. You know, the whole show is a space western, right? But this is like really the most westerny the space western has ever been. Like this is just straight out of, you know, an old, you know, western show if the if the searchers or something. Yeah, if the effects uh, were a character slightly better. that says I'm the sheriff of this town. Yeah. Chapter nine, yeah, the well, marshal. Well, <laughs> right. Well the marshal. Just even with the casting of, you know, Timothy Oliphant, which if normies don't know, there's this little show called Deadwood that came out in the early two thousands on HBO and it was a Western about the town of Deadwood starring Timothy Oliphant as the sheriff. Justified. Yeah. Justified. justified. I was going to say the casting is very justified. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But even the, uh, in in the fun, in the fun fact is uh, even the bartender in this episode was an actor that was in Deadwood and it was, um, you know, Timothy Oliphant acted with him in Deadwood and it was like a little cameo um, shout out, I think. So that's pretty cool. Um, so I just love the feel of it. And like you said, the searchers, there's a famous shot in the searchers where, you know, she comes out of the doorway and there's like a silhouette shot of a doorway. Um, if you've seen the searchers, you know what I'm talking about. But, um, and there was a reference, there was a visual homage to that with a doorway silhouette shot in this episode. So I love those little Easter eggs like that. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you even get stuff with, you know, 
especially the old old westerns, the whitewashed westerns, where it would be the Native Americans versus the cowboys. There's like you know the sand people, which I think that's a racist term now that I, I think about it. Um, but well, I was going to ask Mike: Are Raiders, we walking away from Tuscan Raider? Is Tuscan Raider an offensive term? Uh, saying it out loud, I was like, "Ooh, I don't like saying the word Tuscan." I think that's what I they prefer to be called. But the, the villagers call them. You know what I mean? Well, the villagers yeah. call them sand people because they're probably, you know, pretty biased against the Tuscan Raiders. But we raiders, get their culture but... fleshed oh, out, yeah. which is cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. And the way that the Mando is kind of, you know, a go-between between their two cultures. I, I love that. The classic clean There's something really interesting no about, um, about how they created the language for the Tuscan Raiders. Obviously, it's like a lot of sign language. Uh, on set, they had a, a deaf person... Uh, help develop that language to kind of be like sign language. So I thought that was really cool to have, you know, a, an actual person with a disability have, be able to to use that to kind of create this new language for Star Wars. I just thought that was a really great way for them to incorporate it and, you know, actually have some, uh, some diversity on the cast and crew. Like you have people who are deaf who are creating a language for people who don't speak like that's really great totally. yeah and you get people are super nerds about you know tolkien's linguists you know and like written language but the idea of creating a a new form using like sign is also a very cool idea especially in the star wars universe of like taking that syntax and applying it to the star wars universe so i, I really dig it yeah and it's interesting their language is interesting to me too because it's like a mix of sign language and you know they're making noises with their mouth. So it's kind of like a combination of vocal and sign language language. Verbal and um, what? somatic. Is that what it is in D&D? &D? Uh, maybe. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> what do you yeah, think of their stinky cool. water? Yes, I mean, oh, uh, yeah, water. the stinky water. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I was really like stuck on that when it was happening. Like, what well, is Well, if you that? live out in the desert, you got to get your water... Anyway, well, I wanted to know, would you guys go as crazy as they did for that rib meat? Hell yeah, man. Oh, if I thought it, if I thought sure? the bones had magical properties, yeah, I'd be eating that shit raw. Like, <laughs> and they show the bones. pearl. They show them finding mm -hmm. the pearl at the end, too, in the, in the carcass. And it's fun. They're all digging through like, where's so. the pearl? You know, it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I do have some. It's like the lucky wishbone. I have some questions about um, when the crate Dragon rolls through the center of town, how did the whole town not collapse in the tunnel that it presumably left underneath the city streets? <laughs> but yeah, Star Wars. That's right. a big boy. Yeah, that's, yeah, don't think that's about not it how it works. Much. I'll suspend my. If its bones has magical properties, then maybe it just like doesn't leave tunnels. It just maybe it's like the thing from Beetlejuice, where it just like goes through dimensions and stuff. Doesn't there's no trace, or it's just depositing sand behind it, so it's never removing anything. It's just always right. It, yeah. it reminded me of Dune. Too, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dune well, Jacob, I was just gonna say. So obviously, the big thing in the room is there's another sandy planet sandworm thing. But Jacob or right. Joe just even said Beetlejuice. Do you guys like things that come out of the sand? Sandworm style things? Them. Are you all about yeah. that spice melange, Jacob? I hate sand. <laughs> it's so... It's coarse. It gets, <laughs> gets everywhere. Anakin yeah. hates yeah, this Yeah, no, series. I like, uh, you know, I like a Are good you an Anakin or are you a Padme on when it comes to sand here, guys? I'm not a huge fan of sand, but I do like, I just like the Tatooine setting. I love all the the diverse different animals and stuff that we're seeing and you know just if you go back and watch the first star wars a new hope 
and you see, see, you see Tatooine and you just want to know more about it. And it's just crazy after all this time, we're really getting to see so much more. Banthas and Womp Rats and Crate yeah. Dragons. I, I and, don't uh, whatever they, the name of the Tusken Raiders dogs are, which we haven't seen since the prequels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Kind of actually, too, you see this, you see the dogs and their society and you're like, you really feel like, man, Anakin is a terrible person if you go back and watch Attack of the Clones because like now they're humanized <laughs> a lot more. butchered a fucking... Not just like, them, but damn. the women. The children might. And he admits it, too. <laughs> yeah. He's merciless. Yeah, so that's crazy. Um, then I questioned their tactics to kill the crate dragon. Why didn't they just load a banta up with bombs in the first place and put it out front? I don't think you needed a Mandalorian. Seems to think like of that, that would have been the easiest way to do it. <laughs> like, well, they were trying to hit it. They were trying to get it to go over the bombs so they could blow but it up. But you know it'll eat exactly. anything outside of its den. Just put a bunch of bombs on the yeah, so Just like, fill them in there. Yeah. You're already sacrificing the well, banta. And you just did it anyway. Yeah. Maybe they couldn't, I guess they couldn't remote detonate them because the Mando had to go inside of it himself when he could have just let the, let it, he could have jetted away at the last second and let it eat the Bantha. Um, but instead he went inside and then detonated it. So maybe Did they you guys be, like uh, seeing handsome cowboy actor bend over every time and shoot that missile? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just like the action figure. I love it, man. Oh, great. Forgot, it's so yeah, funny. It's it. just like. That the, was great. That's another great reference there to boba fett right yeah it's he just like the the mail-in boba fett action figure which was the first one they made like you literally had to bend him at the waist like that and press the button it was the only way he would fire wow didn't they recall it because kids were choking on the projectile uh yeah yeah so yeah. it's like There's super like rare or something like that. that yeah oh absolutely that was so it's funny and also um, a uh, also a john favreau iron man reference because john favreau directed that episode uh, yeah there's a scene exactly like that in iron man one where he blows up a tank with a with a missile so um i thought that was funny as well it's like framed exactly the same way too oh yeah yeah i've seen some side by sides of those that were great uh i mean the real reason the Mandalorian had to fly into the Great Dragon is to show us that a Mandalorian's armor can survive being in a beast like that because Boba Fett didn't die, right? I mean, that's oh, yeah. literally just solidifying that more. Because yeah, he has that acid kind of spit or whatever corrosive, yeah, bile. And but it doesn't hold a Beskar. Hold a candle to Beskar. His I armor guess. looks like shit, but it is Beskar. We see the Marshal take a couple bullets to you know no effect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Seems like yeah, I think old Mandalorian looks, armor is Beskar. Well, I, he had to replace his, but that might be old Mandalorian armor because he had to upgrade it to the Beskar by collecting that's it in true, season one, true. right? But Jango's was super right. silver shiny. He definitely had Beskar, and then Boba Fett presumably just painted over For it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we get a little fun in the desert, more on Tatooine, Crate Dragon, super sick, and uh, he oh. makes a deal and gets the armor. Go ahead, Joe. And the, the uh, Barry in the lead of one of the fucking coolest things. I kept thinking of Xander, Xander Cage, uh, a fucking hot rod of a pod racing oh engine being his horse. How fucking cool was that guy? I mean, I think that might be my new favorite land vehicle in Star Wars. That was so cool. I have got to agree with you. I totally forgot about the pod racer engine motorcycle. And like I, I tried to explain to you know what it was and she has no idea because she's never seen the prequels i'm like it's a it's a pod racer motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) i can't talk to anybody about this and when they're driving together through the desert very cool looking Mm -hmm. and then i love the uh the end scene where you know mando gets attacked again and they're trying to steal the child 
Um, on the way into very, town, very cool. he, that happens. Yeah. yeah, and then he's got to walk. Yeah, rolls right yeah, in the episode two. Blown up. Yeah, and exposing yeah, the, I mean, the child to more violence. You know, child doesn't care though. It'll 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 eat your eggs. <laughs> it's it's savage, Dog. man. Nom, it'll nom, eat, nom, your, nom. eat your baby. It will eat your freaking yeah. baby. The last of your line. Do we have anything more on episode <laughs> one though, before we want to jump into the horror? Yeah. Any final thoughts? So you know, I was just thinking. I kept looking up pictures of the Boba Fett armor. He always had that big white tube going to the one arm piece. I didn't realize that. And the dent, you know, the old helmet dent. Yeah. I want to know what yeah. that was. I'm sure there's a whole book. Yeah. And then how about uh, speaking of, well, speaking of pod racing, I thought the pit droids looked like shit in this first episode. I was happy to see Amy Sedaris again, but the special effects on them was real bad. The pit droids look bad in well, the first Well, when you have a crate dragon in the same episode, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta budget it out. But I mean, like the pit droids is another example of like really why I love the Mandalorian. Like episode one, you have the pod racers, the pit droids, the crate dragon, uh, the dogs of yeah. the Tusken Raiders, all Boba that ties Fett. together. The prequels, the originals. Yeah, like it, it It really solidified what I see the show as in episode one in a great monster of the week adventure, which is kind of what this season has been so far. Yeah. And uh, another thing, too, is like you get that that fight club um, with the Gamorrean guards. And then um, yeah. that's like. Terrace Kasi, like the video game that had the Gamorrean guard as a playable character, used the axe. So it's like wow. confirming like right. that that is like a thing too. Yeah, Terra uh, Kasi was made canon by Solo because Kiara uh, yeah is, studied uh, it. Fights that's yes. her fighting style. Yeah, that's right. So another reference to a shitty fighting together. game. Right, it's incredible. <laughs> it's all, all it's all amazing. Yeah, it ties everything together. I thought this first episode was a very exciting. You know, way to kick off the season. I was a big fan of the the Western plot of the week. Um, and also, my hot take is, and I think you guys would agree, but I don't think this is a bad thing. But the way this, the way the Mandalorian is structured and like paced, it's like a video game, right? And he's just going from video game mission to mission. And there's like a boss in each one, like in the second episode, you know, we'll yeah. talk about mm-hmm. it. But there's the uh, a boss there's character. a cutscene where the lady in the bar tells you where to go for your next mission. It is exactly yeah. <laughs> like a video. But game. I see this criticism <laughs> online. Does this bug anybody? Yo, I'm tired of these side quests. Yo, this dumb, you know, fucking side quest stuff. This is stupid. They got to get going on like the main story. Well, uh, it's Colin, like, what is that character? <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> argument is like. Know. It's a TV show. Like, you know, every it's the way it's structured. Like some TV shows, they have an overarching plot and every episode is focused on that plot. And then some have, you know, f- you can call them filler episodes. This or is not serialized. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. This is I mean, like, I, I would watch overarching. Yeah, I would watch a million chapters. So I'm not mad that some chapters are just random adventures. It's why I love the show. Yeah. But I just think people who complain about that, it's like, have you never seen a TV show that's not like, you know, I guess with with streaming, the new the new trend has been to make these overarching season long stories, which this does have. But this is just more episodic. Um, hey, Jay, you're hitting it perfectly. The issue is the streaming stuff. The style of storytelling now is you get 10 episodes. Every one of them leads to the next one with the ending. Everybody right. says Mandalorian's a Western. It's a spaghetti Western. No, you're kind of using those terms wrong. 
it's a Western TV show like Gunsmoke, where exactly. Marshall Dillon would just be at the bar doing the adventure of the week, and that's kind of it. Here comes the black hat yeah. of the week, or, oh, you know, we lost a cattle, and now old Farmer George is in the Miss ravine. Miss Kitty, she's got to go to town. We're doing yeah. a town episode. Yeah, exactly, and and it, it works really well for that, and I do like that it's not season two, episode one. It's the next chapter. It just continues one story. Yeah, you know it just what I mean? keeps rolling. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the people, you know, people need to consider where, you know, Dave Filoni's background, where he came from, is like episodic TV. He started with, you know, the Air, Av- Av- Avatar, the last Airbender. Blah right? blah blah, the last blah 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 blah. <laughs> and which which had a, uh, if you've never seen it, it has like an overarching higher, you know, mission plot, but also, you know, the individual episodes have their own arc, and that's just the way this is. And the same with the Clone Wars too. The Clone Wars, it's usually like a series of two or three episodes as as self contained stories. Um, but there's also an over and then a couple episodes in between. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's very so it's just, similar to the Clone Wars. Yeah, it's it's a exactly. it's a um, it's a failure on the part of the viewers' kind of expectation. I think if you're upset about that stuff, because the show clearly demonstrated what it was in season one. You know, it's not going right. to be all what are we doing? It, it's all tied to what are we doing with Baby Yoda? But it's like you gotta just let them tell their story of the week and have fun with it. You know, and I think this was a really strong first episode. Yeah. And the, the thing about Agreed. that complaint that I really don't understand is like, you don't know where it's going anyway. Like, what are you rushing to? Like, it's not like Game of Thrones where you have people who read the books and they're like, wait until you see the Red Wedding. Wait until you see the Red Wedding. Like, this is all new. Like, just enjoy the journey. Every single episode is going to give you something to enjoy. So I, I, right. I don't like that complaint. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the most plot-heavy episodes are like the finale or the last two. Like That's last it season, was it was really season. the first couple, exactly. and then the last couple were really the overarching plot, and then there was more side adventures in the middle, which I think is how this season's going to be as well. But as see, I think this season's going to take a little longer to get into it, and then we're going to have like three or four in a row that run together really plot-heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. And as we're seeing with the next episode... Uh, events that happened on some of those side stories that you thought were pointless have consequences in in the world of mandalorian uh so yeah maybe it's time to jump into the second episode let's get off the, the sand and into the snow you know what i'm saying let's do it hey We're back, uh, normies. We're talking Mandalorian season two now. It was just the four of us. We did pick up a straggler here, not making much sense. G- Do you speak Hatis? Wapa Jew, normies like us? I don't know. I don't think we're going to get anywhere with this lady. <laughs> I don't have a droid that she can read. Speaks frog. Yeah. If you if you watch this with subtitles, it just says "speaking frog," and at it's one point the it says "Jacob." <laughs> it says "frog speaks frog." In italics for character name, "frog woman" parentheses "speaking frog" at least yes. twenty times in the episode. Oh god, oh we god. forgot I to mention Doctor Mandible. Speaking of great oh, characters, Doctor Mandible. Oh, we're meeting him right now. We're meeting him right my now. Favorite. So yeah, 
Yes. As Jacob said, the end of the last episode, we cruise right into this bad boy. We get uh, a bit of a desert showdown. Thoughts on this first before we meet Dr. Mandible? Oh, man. Just a great, great cold open. Like mm-hmm. one in a million cold opens of this show that just slap, ma'am. Do you guys like seeing how fast little baby Yoda can run when he's scared? He runs right to Papa. <laughs> they do a big hug. Yeah. I do like the big hug. It shows that there are people looking for, if not baby Yoda, like there's agents out there that are going to try to steal your shit, bandits, you know? Because like, it seems like they wanted baby Yoda, but then the dude's happy to trade it for the jetpack. Shouldn't have done that. Right. It's remote controlled. But uh, yeah, I mean, a good cold open. It, it shows the danger on the road, you know, and that it's lawless land, you know, very Western. Yeah. I mentioned that earlier. I, th- I forgot that happens in the second episode. It kind of ran together for me. But um, very mm-hmm. great scene. And then, of course, we meet our favorite new character, uh, you know, Jacob's creature of the week, Dr. Mandible, <laughs> who apparently is just a giant ant. That. <laughs> so that, that so, species. Uh, I, it's it's the species that oppressed yeah. um, General Grievous species, and that's why he ended up becoming a robot body. What? They were at war oh. with Grievous species. Yeah. Okay. There's your nerd. Push the glasses Dr. up, boys. Mandible's a bad guy? <laughs> well, maybe his government well, was. His Dr. people Mandible's are bad cool. people. Yeah. Yeah. He's the equivalent of a Nazi scientist who made it to Brazil. That's a lovely name of I love the name Dr. Mandible. It kind of almost feels like a not a Star Wars name because it, it should just be some like random sounding words. But um, Dr. Mandible almost feels like from a parody or something. But I do like it. Yeah. <laughs> he's left over from the Weird Al video. Here's what I like about Dr. Mandible and why I think he stands out. When we got the new trilogy, the Ray trilogy, the Ray Skywalker trilogy. Zora, you made it. Um, <laughs> Zora, you made it. We never got anybody trading in on who Chewbacca was. We just got Chewbacca again. There was no fun character that was along for the ride that was like made up and cool and interesting and doesn't talk. Uh, and I think it's you're just forgetting like about aesthetic. Babu Frick. It, but that's the hey, last hey. dumb movie. He's not along for the adventure with them. <laughs> right, right, right. So no, seeing Dr. Mandible, you're like, him. get that guy in the crew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I want Dr. Yeah. Mandible on the crew, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Putting a team together. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. He's and, good at uh, Yeah. And I also love Amy Sedaris's character. I think that's a she's a great addition to the cast as well. And I just love all these different characters that Mando meets along the way. I'm not a big fan of her character, but I'm not I'm not here to trash people. It's it's, it's not my favorite thing. Uh, it's right. Look, she just wants fine. to eat that dragon meat. I'm are there any there, characters uh, <laughs> are there any characters from season one that you guys are dying to see again? Oh, Bill Burr. Um, <laughs> Not dying. Yeah. I, I want to see that pay off, you know. Bill Burr would be great to bring back. Um, I mean, I assume they're going to bring back Gina Carano's character at some point. Um, which is interesting because uh, she's been saying some stuff on social media. So maybe they Ooh. don't want to promote her as much. But who knows? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, the big bad from season one, uh, Giancarlo Esposito oh, yeah. with the dark Moff saber. Gideon. Gotta see what's that going on with that. Again. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to, I want to know more about the, the Purge of Mandalore. How do you get the dark saber? I think we're going to learn there's rumors that we might have like Sabine Wren or some of the other kind of rebels slash Clone Wars Mandalorians mm. in this, which would be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how about this then? We are on week 
two, I guess I would say, of mm-hmm. uh, the watch to see whether or not we will get a certain non-Jedi character on this show, played by Rosario Dawson. When do mm. we think she's going to show up, gang? I think oh. late. I think Luke yeah, Skywalker in, in Force Awakens style, like, one mm. scene. Oh, you think so? Just at the very end of the season? Yeah, As a hope I think for yeah. the third season. That's kind that of what I'm my heart. nervous about because I'm anxious to see it too. But you know, if I'm you predict you... that, you're not going to be disappointed whenever it does happen. <laughs> I think what me too. I'm trying not to predict anything just so I stay surprised. But I, I do like that you pointed out that she is not a Jedi because as she tells Darth Vader, "I am no Jedi." She turns her back she's on a gray they, jedi yeah they turn their back she's on a gray her and jedi Wars and she leaves and obviously yeah. he has been tasked with finding a mythical order of wizards is all he understands them as so what even will be the collective he finds would she point him towards jedi would she say no this is not the way uh you know it's got a lot of interesting questions and she's been again, right technically, around sabine wren she's worked with these people too so she has right a this is all pre- the last time we've seen her in canon is in rebels so it'll be interesting to see. So Rebels was right before the original trilogy. This is right after the original trilogy. So it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. But best case scenario, Baby Yoda ends up at Luke's Jedi Order and gets killed by Ben Solo. Or maybe he grows up to be one of the guys <laughs> oh, in the black no. outfits. <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, he's the Knight of Ren. Yeah, he's one of the yeah. Knights of Ren. <laughs> <laughs> what if he was? <laughs> he gets real yeah. jacked. That's by season six, we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll see, but for now, season two, right? We're looking episode for more two. Mandalorians. Episode two, right? Season two, episode season two. Season two, episode two. And we have Frog Lady, right? And yeah, she has information, but needs transport to uh, basically fertilize her eggs. Her husband's uh, on the only hospitable planet, but they can't travel like we said earlier. At uh, they have to go sublight, so they have to go slow, and they get pulled over, right. and then craziness ensues. So I think. I like this episode. I didn't like it as much as the first one. It was it was good, but it, this one definitely felt more of a filler as far as the episodes go. Not that I didn't enjoy it. Um, I mean, there's a very you know obvious little arc of a story with you know him in the in the frog lady, um, and then we get the big monster battle of the week with a bunch of little alien spiders and one you know big alien spider of different sizes, I guess. Which this um, is the Ralph McCreary drawing. I mean, this oh, is yeah. bringing one of his drawings to life like they did with Rebels for the original Chewbacca art, you know? Yeah, so like originally this, this is what, like, um, like what Dagobah would have looked like. Mm. This Ralph McQuarrie stuff, you know, it's something that was mined in Force Awakens. You just brought up in Rebels as well. They've used a lot of the similar issues or adaptations Images, of the yeah. art. Um, normies, we did on this podcast the Alien franchise, right? It would kind of be like if they were still making those movies based off of H.R. Giger's work, right? They kept going, oh, we found a different one. Let's make the monster of this, this one. I don't know what I like or prefer. Kind of the ability to walk away, because the Alien franchise is not doing that. Or the slavish devotion of Star Wars being like, hey, this was the original Star Wars. We're kind of out of ideas, so let's keep using this to make new Star Wars. Well, I think it is cool that they're like using these old designs and you see it as a fresh. Yeah. And then someone could watch this not even knowing kind of the behind the scenes reasons for these different things or even the crate dragon and just, you know, 
they they work as just good monsters in this show. So I think it, I think it works. The fact that you know the art is just kind of a nice little Easter egg and gives you something to tell your friends who who aren't as crazy about Star Wars as we are. Right, right. And as Joe was saying about the first episode is we're looking at, you know, the Razor Crest, which is a brand new ship. And then you have the original, you know, X-Wings in this episode, as well as Ralph McCreary drawings. So it is tying together every era of Star Wars once again in, in a single episode. And I think that's, you right. know, like Joe said, what the show does well. And they're just doing it again here. So, yeah. And, um, yeah. And sorry. Um, uh, one thing I want to say, I did love the the intro to how, to the giant spiders when um, Baby Yoda, he's looking for something to eat. And he goes over and he eats the little spider. I'm just thinking like, man, what a jerk. this little guy will eat anything. Right, we got to so ask that. It is, is he evil, right? Did he genocide the frog babies? Cause <laughs> I, I think was he just loves Sith eating. moment, Mike. <laughs> but is it supposed to be cute? Is that how it's supposed to be played? Because I was like... Uh, appalled when I it's saw kind of, this it's, happening. It's some dark humor, but what I assume is like she doesn't need all the eggs. She just needs to like fertilize a couple of them so that they grow into little tadpoles or whatever. But I feel like she could spare a couple. It's so the it's last okay. of her oh, brood. <laughs> I <Yeah>. know. Uh, <laughs> but he's a baby. He doesn't understand. Joe, I, I want to get your take, Joe. We'll get to Colin after. I that. mean, I, I think it's just he's a baby. He don't know no better, right? <laughs> like I think it's trying to play on that, and it's definitely played for laughs. Yeah. But I mean, let's not forget in season one. He choked shit, Car uh, choked choked the shit out of Car Cara Dune. Remember when they were With arm wrestling? Yeah, yeah. Good thing. You leave my papa alone. <laughs> mm-hmm, so yeah, he's true. just well, he has just that, a- that perfect soft boiled egg. He's hungry. <laughs> he's got to eat. And, you know, he has the ability to have a very strong power that he doesn't fully understand because he's just a little baby. Um, so I think it's an interesting dynamic. Colin, what do you think? Uh, is, is he bad boy? I kept thinking about that Futurama episode, the Poplars, where they discovered that they're eating the Omicronians' <laughs> babies, right? Oh, People yeah. have been uh, sharing that image around. Um I mean, it's brutal. It's like super scary and disgusting (laughs) to what Joe's point where he said like, and you know, obviously every one of these episodes isn't going to tie into something. I'm so dumb. When I was watching it, I was like, ah, yes. And baby Yoda's stomach will be his downfall one day. (laughs) Like this is showing a clear weakness that he has. It might be. I at least thought he'd be punished. But by the end of the episode, it's like, no, we don't care. No, he has a little extra one. Frog lady. Doggy bag. (laughs) <laughs> the frog lady never seemed to notice and then even at the end he has one right so yeah. um, and that's their button for the episode it's like one more baby right like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was very funny it. but in a dark humor kind of way but I, I, I just but, thought it was adorable they, they, I'll be honest I wasn't really thinking about poor frog lady and the genocide I was just like what a, what a cute little baby I really sympathize with the frog lady, I guess, because she couldn't even communicate, and then she wires up the droid. I thought for sure she'd be like, hey, I'm missing three eggs. What the <laughs> fuck? Hey, more <laughs> than that, Excuse me. this is my voice. Um, when she puts up the speaking Jimbo. spell. Uh, let me ask you, on Dagobah, am I remembering this? Does Yoda eat a frog? Is this like a known thing? I'm not kidding. Is that it, true? Well, he does, when Yoda yes. gets introduced, he's trying to eat Luke's, like, food everything yeah, he's like I a think, hobo 
Yeah, so yeah, I think the, the Yoda species is just really into eating, and they'll eat basically anything. But they're like little frogs. They're like <laughs> lizard people almost. Baby right? Yoda has already eaten a frog. Yes. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So He's been seen to eggs. eat many different things. Yes. But well, maybe that's what I'm mixing up, that image. Yeah. But I was just um, laughing when he was eating that spider. I was like, this little guy will just eat anything. It's <laughs> very aliens with the, with the egg feel. Right. You know? Yeah, I thought totally. we were going to go a different direction in the episode because in the, the cold open, or not the cold open, like the previously on The Mandalorian, they reminded us mm-hmm. that the child is force sensitive. And then when he's leaning against the, the glass of the canister, all of the eggs kind of pull towards him, right? So I thought we were going to get like, oh, okay, he senses the life there, but doesn't know what it means. And then maybe like someone's going to get, someone's going to get like injured and he's going to be able to heal it or something. But no, like it was, he's just a hungry boy and saw them pickled (laughs) eggs in the, in the fucking bodega and was like, yeah, I'm finna have those. (laughs) For a second, I thought we were going to get a, a, he could influence the midichlorians to create life. Like, I thought yeah, he was yeah. going to, like, oh, one of the eggs oh, would hatch, right? Because, like, oh, nice. shit. Did you, Mando, did you fertilize my eggs? Did you come down here and jizz in my egg container? No. And then the frog no, person will be the strongest force user. It'll be the, the, the new chosen one. But I, I love when the frog, frog species moved yeah. like a frog, like when shit got She's real running. and she was like, oh, yeah. I can't I can't just oh, be in my yeah. dress and moving slowly anymore. I got a frog out here for a second. I loved it, yeah. man. <laughs> I did I like the design there, of her. She was fun. The biological explanation to make the make Baby Yoda eating the eggs less horrifying is that, you know, frogs and amphibians in real life, they have a bunch of eggs so that a couple of them will survive. So I think this species probably works similarly. And so these, she can afford yeah, but what if one of those was the lucky ones? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's an abortion <laughs> allegory. <laughs> but these were unfertilized, I guess. I guess that's where the distinction is. Her husband had to be reached to fertilize the egg. So meanwhile, it's right. the same thing as like eating a chicken egg, right? That's unfertilized, I guess. Right. Which we all do. Which I don't um, feel morally ambiguous about that. So I'm learning a lot about baby chicken Yoda. eggs. But also you eat chickens. <laughs> so let me say this though let's get off chickens let's get off spiders for a second before we talk about the big bag because i want your guys opinion on that uh let's talk about the ant let's talk about why dr mandible was probably in it did you guys see who directed this episode peyton reed so our second marvel director he's a first timer for mandalorian uh obviously the director of the two ant-man films yes did he do a good job last season um, yeah, I think, well, I mean, like I said, it wasn't my favorite episode ever, but I didn't think it was bad. So yeah, I was really was laughing at a lot of the, the humor in this one. So when I saw Peyton Reed, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like the action was well balanced and I, and I was laughing. So it's kind of what I get out of the Ant-Man movies if I'm lucky. True. Yep. We and get, now that um, you mention it, the Dr. Mandible does look a lot like the ants in Ant-Man when they're. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, Anthony or whatever the <laughs> drumming one was called. Yeah, oh, yeah. Anton or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. We get a cameo was a Dave Filoni and I think the dad from Kim's Convenience are the X-wing pilots who pull him over for not having right. his plates. Right. Yeah. What are the cool? Just you gonna roll down that like, window, Razor Crest? You gonna show us those tags? <laughs> and then when wait. they lock as foils, it's like that's sick. Yeah. That was awesome. It's like they turn, just turn on, on the, on the siren, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that I'll whole confrontation scene 
and just seeing more of the new Republic or whatever it's called um, and how it's, how it's run after the fall of the empire is very interesting. I was kind of on the fence about the razor crest in general. Like there was a lot of hype around the ship and I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. it does its purpose, but like, I don't really care for the design that much. This episode turned me around on that. I really loved the way it looked uh, flying around and doing some of those maneuvers. So usually the space battles aren't aren't my go-to thing, but I'm, a, I'm looking forward to seeing the Razor Crest get patched up and, and go back into action. Joe, I like the two, like, I guess, pilot terms that he used. I'm going to hit the rack is what he called his bed inside the uh, ship. And then if I were you, I would use the privy. So he called yeah. the bathroom the privy. Well, the yeah. privy, that feels like another Western in, uh, yeah. homage, too, because that's what they call it in Westerns oftentimes. That's true. Yeah, and I did enjoy the the space battle again. As my squadron's um, brain is firing off, seeing kind of the the chase with the X-Wings was like, oh, yeah. But normally I wouldn't really be that into the space battles, but it was really working for me in this one as, as well. Right, um, and it's cool, like you said, with the who they get to play the X-Wing pilots. Like last season, they had the three X-Wing pilots in the one episode. It was the three directors of different episodes of that of that season. Um, so now we get, you know, Dave Filoni, like you said. So pretty cool. I would love to be, uh, you know, if I was an actor, uh, I would love to be an X-Wing anything. pilot just in a minor role anything. in Star Wars. <laughs> Instead of a Stormtrooper, easily. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah, sure. That is the Really? Ooh, let's do this right now. No, I wouldn't want to be You guys would prefer to be Rebels. Yeah. Hell yeah. Be, well, be being an X-Wing guy. pilot. Yeah, with a Stormtrooper, you're wearing a mask and you're just, you know, another foot soldier. As an X-Wing pilot, you get to look, you get to wear a cool uniform and a cool ship uh, just being cool. I would even Empire take, you know, Stormtroopers are what I think of Star Wars. So, I don't know. Fair, fair. I would even take one of those, like, dumb gray shirts and black vests with, like, the little condom helmet that they wear. I would even take one of those oh, Rebel sure. Troopers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you I think mean, about it, like... Like Colin, you would want to be like Daniel Craig in The Force Awakens. Like oh, yeah. Adam Pally knows this you're season. There, Jason Sudeikis, maybe. Yeah. Hell yeah! And then you, it's just you going like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't see yourself. But back to the condom helmets. I mean, that has an effect because the Mandalorian saved Condom Helmet Man from the prison ship, and then that's why the the New Republic police force, you know, let yeah. him off. You know, right. Like, oh. You're cool. So he's a just reinforcing yeah. he's a bounty hunter with a heart of gold, right? But we're not going to no. tow you out of here. That's your fucking problem, but we're not <laughs> no, going to arrest we're you. we're not uh, that cool. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, but didn't you guys love the the way to get out of it when he was like, uh, no, no, I don't need to show you my papers. Uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> and they were like, yes, yes, may the force be with you too. You do have to show us your papers, though. It's like, ah, damn it. I do like the, the back road, like, country cops kind of vibe of this whole thing, yeah. too. Like, yeah, no, come on, buddy. They bail right. them out at the end. I, I don't have it. That hardware is not online. Okay, well, we're going to have to take a look in there. Oh, never mind. I got it. It's, here it is. No, it's I, working. I couldn't find it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you know what I, I, see where I needed that for this sector, but. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, very fun. I mean, it's, it's a good excuse. Building. Well, the not using the hyperdrive. It's an excuse to build that world, Jacob. We can slow down. We can move. It answers that question where every other time I'm like, well, couldn't every Star Wars movie be 10 seconds? Because they're always like, I got to get to this planet, to that planet. You just do it in a snap. So who cares? Right. 
Yeah, it makes it definitely makes it feel like you're it's the world of Star Wars where you're not like with the movie sometimes because it's like a 2-hour movie, you're only going to see the most important scenes. Whereas a show like this, you see him traveling to and from each place and like you just see every step of the journey. It just feels more like he's you're living in that world in a way. Yeah, like this is almost like if we're looking at western tropes, like this is the man versus nature, right? You're stranded in the wilderness in the winter. It's like it's like taking the time when Luke is lost in the snow, but that's the whole episode, right? It's like just right. trying to survive in this harsh environment, right? And like totally just exploring that. It's like the revenant of Star Wars, kind of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which is a cool thing the show can do. This might not be everybody's favorite episode, uh, but I think it does something different in the Star Wars universe that I haven't seen, and I appreciate it for that. And it does set up questions of like, is Baby Yoda just hungry? Because maybe he's a growing boy. Who who knows? Right. And also, uh, one other thing with the Western theme that I wanted to mention is, this might be kind of obvious, but just the, um, it kind of parallels the the taming of the West, right? Which has been done a lot in different, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2, all that. This is kind of like, you know, they're taming some of the outer rim, you know, with the Empire pulling out. Now we have the New Republic. Um government forcing some type of law now in this area so it's like certain places you used to get you know be able to go through that sector without your beacon on now you got to get your beacon registered and everything so i think that's an interesting theme as well yeah the transition period between because that's what we missed with the force awakens is how do we get from the fall of the empire the new republic and then back to the you know the first order and so seeing a little bit i don't know how but somehow they did it (laughs) Oh, that's man. all the explanation you ever knew. Palpatine is back. But how about that little stuff like in the first episode where handsome cowboy actor is just watching like the Super Bowl basically and it cuts to and the Death Star 2 has been blown up. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, oh, what? Right. It's like the end of Armageddon. Everybody watching yeah. the TV around yeah. the world. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's last we weekend, were week. everyone watching the TV. Yeah. <laughs> It's the same yeah, thing. we were all the living on Endor. Yup, nub, yup, nub. The Ewoks. <laughs> I would play Get cards out. with Doctor Mandible every night. I would see <laughs> you guys at the cantina all the time. I would try to get a job at Amy Sedaris's robot hut, and I'd be like, "Yeah, we're grilling up this meat tonight." I don't know. <laughs> We'd all go to Jacob's <laughs> funeral after he ODs on death sticks. <laughs> if only we lived that life I told yeah. him to quit man I told him to quit a guy with a tennis came up he said do you want to buy some death sticks I said no way man but Jacob said hell yeah I do and then then I'd get drunk and, and try to jump the sarlacc pit on my uh, my pod racing engine and that's how I would go <laughs> oh yeah 100% yeah. you would die this one's for you like Jacob <laughs> No, Mike would be at the bar just like, no, no, just blue milk for me tonight. I got to drive these guys home. (laughs) Yep, yep. I remember when Fonzie jumped the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, it's exactly (laughs) it. It changed everything. A lot of people say it was never good again, Mike, once Fonzie jumped the Sarlacc pit. Sarlacc pit. Uh, Oh, oh, here's here's my last question I have about The Mandalorian for you guys. Um, Am I crazy or last year did season one have like a next week on The Mandalorian that we're not getting? I've been looking for that, too. 
Yeah, I have no idea. I remember you know, that. With the Amazon stuff, when we were watching The Boys, I would have to go to YouTube for that to find that stuff because it would be so embedded in the um, after show that they had created that mm-hmm. part of me is like, are they holding that off to dump it since they made that Mandalorian documentary earlier that they're just like, I don't know, saving Maybe. up content for some reason, Joe? I don't know. Right. I don't, Speaking like, of that I documentary. I wasn't crazy, um, though. That did happen last year, right? Like that yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I think there was teasers, yeah. I'll but I have watched our, a couple... Mandela effect, meanwhile. <laughs> yeah, I have watched a couple episodes of that documentary behind the scenes where they kind of go into every aspect of how that how the show is made. And it's very interesting, actually. I think there's some... Um, it's a little padded out. Like, they have all these, you know, interviews with the directors and stuff, which is, like, interesting. But I Now, hold see on, Jacob. Like you're talking about the show Chef on Netflix. You're talking about John Favreau's <laughs> cooking show. I don't think it That's gets right. that into the making of Mandalorian. <laughs> no, it should, though. Yeah. I'm but, with you, Jacob, um, No, though. yeah, check it, it out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, if you're looking for, like, DVD extras in a world that doesn't have DVD extras anymore, that show is perfect for you. Yeah, and just to see how they do some of the effects and the action scenes... It's very interesting. Um, so I would check that out if you're interested. Yeah, I've, I've, I've talked about how enamored I am with their, you know, 3D, real life um, matte painting kind of thing that they're doing with the, the holodeck degree yes. projector. Stars. Yeah. And they can. So just when I see the silver razor crest and then all the reflections off it in the snow and the different lighting, and I just know that that was really happening in a sound stage, it just makes me feel so good, man. Like, you know, light yeah. coming through this windshield. It's fucking it's like, cool. Yeah, they, super sick yeah and I, when I you see it. them on set it's very interesting like when they're shooting like a space scene they're just they'll just be on set with the stars all around them it just looks looks very cool mm-hmm. one of the main dps who use that mic greg frazier he's the guy who'll be shooting the batman coming up matt reeves and they just announced they're using that holodeck tech as well so i'm kind of curious mm-hmm. how it'll look in a non-sci-fi setting uh, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. not not to be political, but there is this thing called COVID-19 that is real. And uh, I think this technology <laughs> is going to be great for, for making movies in, in the pandemic timeline because you really don't have to be in the center of Times Square. You can have this technology and it's going to look better than a green screen. And like, I don't, I don't think this is ever going to be one of those like, eh, the effects don't hold up situations because it is real in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the lighting is being created by the screen. So any reflections are coming from whatever's there. And yeah, like I said, you could just film Times Square. And, you know, with this show, they would be like, how awesome is it that we can spend 12 hours filming at sunset? You know? Like that's awesome and that can help you get such a cool look and it doesn't need to be restrained to space it could be any genre oh we're in paris now you build your set and outside the window you just have a super yeah. hd render of paris and it looks oh, great it's gotham at midnight always welcome to the batman oh yeah that's awesome so yeah i think the technology that the show it's like a blend of the old and the new we used to have matte paintings then we had green screen and now we kind of have a mix of both and the show is again combining all the eras because the original Star Wars was always a pioneer of like the technical aspect of filmmaking, and it's cool to see this show doing that as well. Wow, what a beautiful little bow you just put on it. Yeah. We should get out of here while we <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. We're 
we're back. We're wrapping up our thoughts here. We're going to talk about our guesses for the future of Mandalorian this season. Maybe the future of Star Wars as well. They've announced a couple other series, maybe a Boba Fett series. In my opinion, that's too much Mandalorians. Uh, but before we do that, Mike, you've been teasing at Star Wars Resistance. Jacob, you've been playing as well. We want to hear a bit of it. And you just said off pod uh, that uh, Adam, our past all Star Wars episodes guest, mm-hmm. I feel bad That's that he's right. not on this one, has been playing it with you guys squatting up as well, doing a VR headset. I mean, I want to know about all that dope shit. Yeah, yeah. And this kind of ties into Mandalorian. I mean, so I've been hooked on Squadron since it came out. It came out the day after my birthday or the day before my birthday um, this year. So I've been playing it for about a month. And it's just it just feels like Star Wars. You got the sound effects and, you know, all the sh- classic ships, you know, X-Wings, A-Wings, Y-Wings, TIE Interceptors, Bombers. Like, it's just really cool to get to jump into like what I had little models of as a kid and be like, finally, I can live my dream and in vr i guess it's incredible um and adam has Mm. been playing it in vr and i guess that's where the immersion because the thing with vr is like you're usually just standing in one spot or like in resident evil 7 you're like walking with a joystick so it doesn't feel one-to-one with what your avatar is doing but in squadrons if you have a flight stick like you look over your shoulder and you're looking out the window of your x-wing and your hands and, you know, are exactly where your avatars are. So, like, the sense of immersion is really strong from oh what I understand. So, is it more flight simulator than just Star Wars video game? It's very... It's not full-on flight it's sim, both. but it leans heavily into that side. The The skill floor is actually pretty high. Just to kind of get your, your sea legs, it takes a little bit of time. Yeah. Pretty much the whole game is in the cockpit. Like you can, there's a couple places where you can be, you can be standing in the hangar and you can look around, you can talk to some people, but you can't like move around or walk around at all. You just are in the cockpit flying. It's a glorified menu. It seems but the very, game... it, it seems very much designed for VR. Like that's, that's how they want you to play it. Totally. Absolutely. Totally. I think the, the peak way to play it would be the combo of the VR with the flight stick that would be the most like sim so realistic crazy. way to play it, um, but obviously you can't really do that unless you have all the hardware, you know, right equipment. But and unless you're uh, a super when I was a kid, you couldn't do fan. that unless you were a Dave and Buster's pod <laughs> that you would go to on a birthday. I yeah. mean, that's like that's insane. True, that's true. The fact that it's in the home right. is cool. And uh, I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, if you're not sure if you're a flight sim person or if you're gonna love it, that's a lot of money to dish out on the hardware. You know, um, yeah, true. I would I would get the game first and play it like I've played it just with mouse and keyboard and it's fun. I'm not I didn't get as hooked as like Mike and Adam. But um, like I said, I'm not as good at it. Uh, and I have I have a shorter attention span. But um, it is fun. And I think, you know, it's only $40. So I'll say that it's not a whole $60, you know, triple A game. And I think the main draw of it is the multiplayer, the online multiplayer. Um, and I hope that they come out with like more modes and stuff. Cause really there's two main modes right now. Most, and most people just play like the main mode, which is the, you know, I forget it's a what fleet it's battle. It's like territory yeah, advancement. So you go on offense and defense yeah. and you try to blow up their star destroyer, their Mon Calamari ship, and, you know, right. Which is very fun, but there's, you know, there's like five maps and one mode that most people play. And then there's, you know, there's um, just pure fighter on fighter, like dog fights, which is all right too. It's like but team deathmatch. It just feels like, yeah, like mm. for me, and, and I like that the matches, the matches will last like 30 minutes to 45 minutes sometimes, depending on, you know, if the teams are evenly matched, it can take a while. 
Um, so I kind of like that, but at the same time, I feel like there's not a ton of content. So once you've kind of played a few rounds, you understand like everything that there is to, you know, get out of the game. But if that's sounds interesting to you, then I definitely recommend buying it. Yeah. I, the, the meta is in kind of putting different guns on your ships and different arm, like you can spec out every ship differently. So, you know, that's kind of the fun too, is trying different tactics, but it is kind of limited in content. We're hoping there's more, but they surprised us with the Mandalorian coming out with some DLC. You get little like uh, decorations for your cockpit. So they gave you a little oh. the child bobblehead that you could get. Oh, they gave you like a, a hologram nice. of a blurg and a piece of Beskar that dangles. So they included some Mandalorian <laughs> stuff. Uh, so I bought that Baby Yoda and put it on every single one of my ships. But uh, nice. we'll see if there are I like more the, modes. The, I do like it, though. I'd want that best. Yeah, game. I like That's the cool. cosmetics. And I like that the cosmetic points are different than, like, the functional things you can unlock points. Because that kind of allows you to just use... And there's also no microtransactions, which is nice. Yeah, there's so no loot boxes for an EA game. Games. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I never got enough cosmetic points to really get anything worthwhile yet. So... But yeah, definitely um, check it out if that sounds interesting to you. I did a whole review on it on my YouTube, uh, Umbasa Mufasa. Check it out. I'll put it in the description nice. of this episode. It's pretty much yeah, basically what I just said. <laughs> awesome. That's the ramble on uh, Squadrons. But the Mandalorian tie-in was nice, so that's how I can shoehorn all this babbling. Yeah, but no Razor Crest. Put new ships in there. They should, right? There is a little Razor Crest like model that you can get that'll you know flip around as you're doing uh, backflips right. and stuff. It's on a string, you know. But uh, the problem with adding ships is that you know it's very class-based. So there's the four classes which each side has. So if they were to add ships, they'd probably add new classes and then add one kind for each side. Yeah, they just got to reskin. And they don't want to spend resources. I'm surprised on it there's not a, um, like a superhero level of it, like you know the Millennium Falcon and Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, or the right. Tie Interceptor. So they, I think it would be interesting if they had a mode where it's like you know like a hero's like if you ever played Battlefront, the the new EA Battlefront's like a hero's mode where you can. Where you can fly the Millennium Falcon and, and, and the Slave, the slave one, one, yeah. and all that, yeah. It doesn't really fit into like a competitively balanced multiplayer game, but like having right. that that's option, I mean, a different like mode. a more arcadey mode, and we'll, yeah. we'll see if there's a support. People need to check it out. But EA really hasn't. They said they're not really planning on adding content. I think that's because uh, there are no microtransactions. It doesn't have a long-term profit model, so they're like, "We'll give you this one." But the future's kind of up in the air, so. I see. It's a little that bit of a bummer. Sense. But I would love to see all those modes. You know, I want to fly the Millennium. I want to do the Death Star run, but there's nothing like that. There is a story mode, but you don't get to do any right. of those classic moments that you would wish you could, you know. No, you can do trench runs and stuff on some of the maps, which is fun, but it's not like you're not recreating from the movie moments. Like some of the old PC games did. But yeah, that's yeah, that's our tight 15 on squadrons. <laughs> <laughs> It's our Star Wars episode. It's true. No, we, we, we right. weren't going to have Wars. a chance to talk about it for Star Vember Wars Summer, but it did tie into the Mandalorian somewhat. But I love it. Play it. Let's get those final thoughts on Mando then. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, start and go around if anybody wants to hit it first. All right. Mandalorian. So we said that the Mandalorian is kind of the, the religion. It's more of kind of a belief system than, than a race or a planet where people are from, right? And I think that's really embodied in how the Mandalorian is conducting himself, right? He's learning what this is the way means. He's creating an example for baby Yoda for how to live right now. That's maybe questionable, 
But we see with Timothy Oliphant's character that he wants to take the armor from him because that he is not a Mandalorian. Timothy Oliphant, you know, Cobb Vanth, he wants to take his armor. And then by the end, he wants to trust him with the life of baby Yoda if he dies in the crate Dragon, showing that he almost trusts Cobb Vanth as someone who embodies the spirit of the Mandalorian way, right? So it's like there's right. more than one way to be a Mandalorian, and it's more about your conduct and your code. And, and I think... If we all strive to live by that code and be better people, it'd be a better galaxy. That's right. Yeah. Very true. All right, that's it. That's, it was a little... <laughs> five out of ten. Not for the show, for me. <laughs> for, for me. The show is... An uh, yeah. I think that was great. <laughs> you started crying at the end of that, but no, no, no. It's, it's bad. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, Mike, you keep saying that you are the most Mandalorian out of all of us and COVID will never get you because you never take your mask off. Is that right? <laughs> never. Kylo Ren that, and me they should are do live some, forever. They should do some kind of tie-in with the Mando where they have Pedro Pascal well, and he's like, Jacob, you know what? I never take my mask off. The Damn, boys you shouldn't you know, either. The boys did those Instagram videos where they were like, you know, watch the boys, wear your fucking mask. How did Pedro Pascal not record one video with the helmet on where he's like, right. you know, this is the way. Never take your mask off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fucking bullshit. Well, they, they should. You still can. Yeah, I want my PSA. Right <laughs> At the yeah, end but of that's the why I think too. Uh, yeah, walking on set. Hey guys, working on the Mandalorian is tough, but you know what else is tough? <laughs> COVID nineteen. You should never take your mask <laughs> off. That would be hilarious. But if you see, um, you know, the things that Pedro Pascal posts on Twitter and stuff, he's very, you know, pro uh, masking. So that's good. Um, but it is interesting with Gina Carano. Like I mentioned, some of the stuff she posts is very like, you know. I don't know. Very interesting. So um, we'll see when, how much of an effect her character will have on this season. Um, but for me, I'm very excited to see where this season goes. I'm excited to see Ahsoka Tano. Um, if we do this season, I'm excited to see what happens with Boba Fett. And I think I kind of said everything about how I feel about the first two episodes, but I'm just excited to see more. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say that. Uh, I'm kind of let down a little on what the overall plot is for this season. Going after the last season, I did not think it would be to find Mandalorians. I'm not sure that logic connects for me. We need to get the child to his home. I need to find my secret network of other people. You need to understand what this is. That kind of only makes sense in a show called The Mandalorian to keep showing me more Mandalorians, I guess. But it it really, I don't know, it, it loses me. I'm not excited for that part of it. I, but then it gets circumvented when you meet a cool character like Cobb Vanth, and Mike perfectly summed it up. It was just like an awesome character, and it's another one of these Mando characters where they shake hands at the end and say, I'll see you in the finale, and, <laughs> and Timothy Oliphant <laughs> says, you absolutely will. Right. Um, you know, that's fine. I think it's good storytelling. I think it's fun. I don't think it's the best show on the planet. You know, a lot of people are looking for it to be this big savior thing for Star Wars. I don't think it needs to be that. I just think it's successful being fun. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'll throw it to Joe here because he was saying off pod. So to lead into your final thoughts, if you can share with uh, the normies, though, that there was like some bloggers saying maybe Pedro Pascal was done with it and they were trying to cause more tensions about Star Wars. You know, bullshit. You know, this, I think everybody's having fucking fun making this thing. Yeah. Oh, if I, I can I mention one thing. They are. Oh, go for it. Um, one thing about that is uh, so Pedro Pascal, you know, like I follow him on Twitter and stuff. 
And actually, there's this one YouTube channel. I think it's called Geeks and Gamers. That's like a okay. very funny. I think it's Geeks Plus Gamers or something. I I watch their videos sometimes because they're so bad. Like their opinions are so stupid to me that I just kind of like hate watch it. But like just for entertainment. But he had a whole video about Pedro Pascal, and then Pedro Pascal like retweet like about the tension or drama or whatever that's made up, and then Pedro Pascal retweeted that and was like. Hey, stay on it, man. And it was just like a funny little coming <laughs> dug moment. back at the fandom <laughs> that is good. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I mean that's basically so, what it boils um, down to. I think he's kind of make Yeah, he's mocking the the attempt to make drama over it, so. Yeah. I mean, I look, I I love Star Wars. I love the prequels. I love the expanded universe, both canon and not canon. I love the original movies and I like the sequels. So the the Mandalorian is like putting all of those worlds together. Even Cobb Vanth, this cool new character, first appeared in a novel from 2015. So like we are really tying novels, comics, video games, animated shows, live action movies, holiday specials, all of that together <laughs> into like a, a a glue for the Star Wars universe. I love this show. I don't know where it's going to go. Like Colin said, I think the main plot is kind of like, eh, it seems a little selfish that it's like, oh, I need to find his people. The easiest way for me to do that is to find my people first, which is, I don't I don't know if we're going to continue in that direction. I think that was just kind of like a way to give us a trailer that makes us think we know where the show is going. And it definitely won't go that way because the whole nature of the show is so mysterious. Uh, I love the first two episodes. Can't wait for more. And I love the Mandalorian. This is the way I have spoken. Catchphrase. This is the way. Yeah. (laughs) On your left. (laughs) (laughs) You're coming in cold. Hey, they fly now. Mandalorians, they fly now when they have their jetpack back. Oh, well, oh, just real quick on that, Mike. Did you love when, I mean, in the previous season, the armorer says to him, are you trained in Rising Phoenix? And then literally the only thing Mando says to, like, Kavith uh, is like, hey, you can use that jetpack, right? And Kavith is like, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess he's trained yeah, in press Rising this Phoenix, button? too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like how he flips it on, too, just like uh, Luke Skywalker did to Boba Fett. And we flew into the Sarlacc. Yeah. He just kind of... Hits him and the jetpack goes off. Get out of here, yeah. buddy. Yeah, that jetpack's definitely stuff. messed up. Oh, yeah. It's malfunctioning, but... Great stuff, guys. Thanks for chatting, Mandalorian. I, I do look forward to the future. We'll see uh, where it goes. I mean, they're doing good stuff. That's all I care about, so let's see more. And, uh, yeah. Yes. We'll be back. I agree. And even if it's not the highest stakes show in the world every episode, I think it's still must-watch appointment TV every week. For me. For a Star Wars fan, especially. Yes. All right, normies. Well, this has been the Mandalorian squad. Your normies out here. We're going to be wrapping it up. Thanks again for joining us for another Star Wember. Star Wember. Star Wember Wars. Star Star Wember. Well, the most impossible thing to say. (laughs) I I don't know who thought of that. What an idiot. Oh, wait. Um, I'll just just say goodbye in frog. We. <laughs> These have been your hosts, uh, Dr. Manda Collin, uh, Mike Isley, the Joe DeLorean, and Jacob Vanth signing off. Baby Yoda. This is the way, Normies. Baby New Year Yoda. <laughs> <laughs>
And may the force be with you. And And also also with you. you. Hell yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.